And with that, I welcome you back to the Wheel of Time fancast. I am your host, Jerry. And to me, out of all the character intros, Tom's was the best. I love Moraine, but given the fact that that had been released prior to the release of the Wheel of Time, Tom's was just bam. Little dark, but perfect way to bring about his character. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wheel of Time review. I am here to speak to you about my analysis of what has happened, what has transpired, what we have been given, how it has been given to us. But I want to lay down some ground rules before we get into this. I plan to switch up what we're doing. This will be a twice a week podcast now. The reason for that is because I think we need to go into two things as we do this. First, we need to enjoy the episodes as what they are. We need to take away our book brains, remove ourselves from that, and just enjoy what is being given to us. Because these these episodes by themselves are some good television to watch. Very interesting, very good, very well done, and I'm enjoying who we're getting. Now, that also leaves room for interpretation in a second episode, in a second podcast where we can go into what we feel the switches that have happened and how we are either appreciating them or wondering why those choices were made. So, I don't want to do that in this. I want this to be the podcast where we just appreciate what we've gotten. And we've gotten some damn good first three episodes. I hope you guys are ready because what we're going to do is go through what we got thus far. Episode one, leave taking. Episode two, shadows waiting. And episode three, a place of safety. Guys, man, this was fun. I'm telling you, I I was beyond excited. You know, the last time I did a panel episode, a panel podcast because I was so excited, I actually went to New York Comic Con. This time, it's finally here. Wheel of Time Day has come and gone, and we have immersed ourselves into this. If you're like me, you've seen these episodes a couple times. You've slowed them down. You've tried to catch up at different points. You've tried to understand what's been going on. You wanted to see how they broke into what you know, what you don't know, what backstories you've gotten. And if you're good enough, you've been going into that bonus content so you can get into the stories that we are introduced to. The breaking of the world and the fall of Manithrin. Wow, I'm going to get that one wrong so many times going forward. And we have been introduced to these first initial characters. We have, rounding out our giant table, we have Moraine, we have Lan, we have Rand, we have Perrin, we have Matt, we have Aguin, and we have Nynaeve. Those are the seven to get us in here for right now. There are plenty of other characters that pop up and make themselves known as you go forward. And there's going to be plenty of other characters that come in to be mains as we go forward. So, first, 
I gave you what was my favorite character intro that there is, which was Tom. Tom's intro, Tom's way of coming into the series was great. I thought it was wonderfully done. I do know some of these characters already because of having read the book, so I just want to see how they're being used. And I'm going to appreciate that as the episodes progress. I know everything's going to be a little different, and that's fine. We want a good series with our beloved characters. So, Tom, favorite, done. Thank you, Tom. Rand, we got him with his dad. Perfect. Well done. I like it. Perrin with his wife. That was good, too. Him in the forge. I enjoyed that. Matt with his family. That was also good. You, There was a lot of setting up in the first episode. There was a lot of things that were being introduced that I found, you know, good. And if you hear the rustling of paper, I took notes. Yeah. Because I want to go through this. I, I want to examine what we're being given in this first introduction. So let's go through characters. Let's go through... We'll go through Rand and Aguin, because the two of them together play a big part for how their story progresses, because there's a lot of interaction between the two of them that gives you who their characters are. Rand being, you know, a young man that was hoping for a future in this group, in this growing up in this place of two rivers, while Aguin got a new hope for what she was going to do with her future, being you know, a future wisdom. Um, so I thought this was really nice way of bringing about their relationship while also introducing some places where they're going to butt heads. Because, you know, we'll see as the story progresses, we've already seen that there's going to be some butting heads and coming together between the two of them. They're going to, you know, counteract each other and at the same time come back for each other. Because they've grown up around each other and they love each other to that dynamic. And then you see Aguin's relationship with Perrin, which is like a big brother and a little sister. It's very much so the way they interact and the way they are around each other. Now, the interesting thing in these first three episodes has been the lack of interaction between Aguin and Matt. Which is very interesting because I wonder how that builds. Will there be a point where there is that? But now... You know, what's going on in episode three with them being separated. I, I don't know if that's going to build to something overall. So that's interesting. The fact that they're basically kept apart. There is some, but not much. Uh, Perrin and Matt have a good relationship. And Matt and Rand have the best. They seem to be, you know, childhood best friends who did dumb stuff together. Which is fine. And Perrin was always the one who wouldn't do the dumbest stuff. <laughs> so, you know. Now, some interesting things to take from episode one. First, the, the first, like, 30 minutes were, I don't know, they, they were slow. You were developing. You got that, that intro scene where you have the Eye Side Eye group chasing down um, what I believe was Logan. I'm not 100% sure because I couldn't see his face very well. But I imagine that's who it is because later on we do have that interaction between the two of them, between Moraine and the group. So, you know, this was a good way to start off the series. This was a really good way just to get us into what's to come and how 
how hated the male side of the one power is by the female side because we needed to know this a little bit more because it you what we should learn later on is how those two sides interact but we can already see the hatred from the one that was dressed all in red the I said I the red said I that was you know beautifully introduced because it's it's in the line that she says the fact that she pushes the line of that the male side taints and is unpure almost in a sense for how they touch with the one power so that way that she is so angry was done very well but then when we get to the two rivers everything's very slow everything's very progressive we get a green scene of being put in the women's circle we get moraine coming in which you know, with having seen it before, it wasn't that much of a moment. Um, and then we get, you know, the bathing scene between Lan and Moraine, just showing their relationship. But you can tell that it's not one that's sexual because of the way that they're interacting. So because of that, you, you get a different mechanic to how a relationship progresses. So that was cool. We... Also get a lot of these little introductions, Matt and his sisters, Perrin being married, um, so Rand still living with his dad and mourning his mom. It's just, you get these little things, Nynaeve being from somewhere else and being brought into the village. You know, so you get all these things that are very interesting and little pieces of what's to come of the, you know, progression of these characters. But what I thought were some of the most compelling parts, and also some of the most beautiful um, shots, was when the fight scene started breaking out. When you had the Trollocs finally appear, and the Trollocs are some nasty looking monsters, man. Holy crap. Nasty. So when they finally appeared, and you had this whole battle sequence, first, let's, let's separate the different scenes that are happening. You have Rand and his dad up in their place. That scene was very quick. We get introduced to Tam knowing how to use a sword. Rand helping his dad fight off. And Tam being the one to finally get him and getting poisoned. Cool. But it was very short. Very little. I just question why there was only one Trolloc after them. You have over 100 going after the village. And you only have one Trolloc that goes after Rand and his dad. That's a little uh, ill-prepared for the Trollocs. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Now, what comes later is, is also very interesting. But let's go back down. When we go into the village and you have the different people that you're following. You have Aguin and Nynaeve who are trying to hide, find a place, get away, and then end up fighting and Nynaeve gets captured. All of that breaks down and is awesome because of the way it's shot and done. And then that leads to a lot later episodes. But I thought this this whole sequence when they finally stand up and when the villagers finally stand up and take down a Trolloc themselves and all of that happening was beautifully done to show how much the people of this village are willing to fight back when it's needed. I thought that was great. Now, second, Perrin. Perrin. I, there are so many ways you can give a character 
a fracture to develop him into something else later. But to do that, to make him the killer of his own wife in that manner. Oh my God, that was heart-wrenching. That was gruesome to think that you just obliterated this character and you basically took him away. Like, he was a good, well-developed character. And then all of a sudden you went like, no, we got to shatter him a bit. And he was completely broken because he's the killer. It wasn't a Charlie. It was him. Oh, my God. Oh, That was heart-wrenching. That was an interesting way to get to where the character will need to be later on. But it was so compelling to watch. But the part before is also the is as interesting of what as what we see. His rage when he got rid of the Trolloc was something that I think we need to keep an eye on. Because he goes from this innocent, quiet blacksmith who has his wife and is in love and all of that, to this monstrous, raging person when he's finally killing one of the Trollocs. It was intense. And it was also blinding. Because you could see all the blood that's on him and everything. It's like he was blinded by his own rage. I thought that was an interesting way to get his character and show what's within his character and then also give him the gut punch he needed to get by throwing oh his wife into that and him swinging the axe oh my god oh she was a badass though she was a badass with a hammer which i appreciated and loved i thought that was great i thought that was one of the best things just to see her take out a trollic at the kneecaps Mwah. chef's kiss on that one now the filming scene behind matt when Matt realizes that his sisters are not with his mom and dad, the way that the filming is done and his little loops around and trying to get around everything and find them, beautiful. I didn't like the cut when you got, when he's in the middle of the run. You should have finished the run to the end of his sisters and then cut to a Gwen and Nynaeve. I didn't understand what was necessary about cutting in the middle of his run when you're filming the straight shot that looks beautiful. I thought that was well done, and then you cut, and you give me them for a moment, and then you go back. Uh, uh. Matt's relationship with his sisters is uh, is amazing. It's great, because he's going to do anything for them, but at the same time, you can see he's a gambler, and he's an addict to that, and he just, he's a womanizer, so everything about him is, you know, different. And he's also very different from Rand and Perrin. Rand, while being, you know, there and a little dim-witted, it feels at times, Perrin's a lot more just stoic. And But Matt's this, like, his character is, it isn't playful. And that's probably just to speak on what I'm missing. He needed, in my opinion, to be just a little bit more playful. I don't know if that's on the actor or if that's on how the character is being written. He doesn't come off playful enough in the way he does stuff. Everything feels very serious. And that's because I'm going to give it to being the writing because of the dynamic with his mother, his father, and his two sisters. All of that 
kind of creates this scene where he's just he's just not the Matt that I kind of expected. But it is what it is. You know, we go forward. I still think he's a very interesting character. But he needs to develop a little bit. I feel out of all the characters, he doesn't feel well-rounded yet. Rand feels like we're getting who he is, but he has to learn. And that's who his character is. And Perrin, he's going through turmoil. Now, finally, we get to a little snippet. Everybody else see see uh, Fane? That jackass? You see him standing there, take the drink, and then leave? I thought that was beautifully done. If you don't know, now you know. He is not a good guy. Not at all. He's a really, really bad guy. Really bad. But we'll learn that later as the series progresses. Hopefully. But finally, to close out this first episode, you have to talk about the Moraine and Lan circle dance fight destruction. Like, the way Lan just battles around her and she knows when to move and how to move so that he can make his next move is astounding. It's beautifully done. I'm going to be honest, there are some edits that are done, but the rest of the scene is great. I thought it was just one of the best things that is being shown because you can see their chemistry and at the same time you can see how they're going to play off each other because of that and I thought that was amazing. Just pure beauty on how that was being progressed. Now, I have a question for everybody. As we end the fights, as the Trollocs win, as Perrin brings out his wife and lays her down, as Rand makes it to the village and hugs Aguin, as Tom gets healed and all of that, and then Rand is the first one to question Moraine's decision to take them and go. But my question is to the parents, to the parents of the two rivers, what the fuck? I apologize for the profanity, but what the, what? You're telling me it's okay that the Aes Sedai comes and takes your four kids? It's just okay. You're all right. They need they need to go. Bye bye, adios. And without comment, without word, without anything, I get that she's an Aes Sedai. I get it, but come on, you're telling me there's no way in hell you wouldn't say anything. That to me was probably one of the biggest questions I had with what happened at the end. Of that there's there's got to be a little fight to that. There's it can't just be. What? Yeah. So that concluded the first episode. And that was fine. I I enjoyed the first episode. But I, like, I'm going to give them credit right now. The way they intro episodes has been amazing. And I've enjoyed it very much. The first one, you know, chasing that guy down. The second one, starting with the White Cloaks. The Questioner. Oh. Oh, that that was great. And he feels like a downright ass. And I love it. If this is how he's going to play the character, I'm all in. All in. Because that was beautiful. Just great. So, and taking the hands of the Aes Sedai and, oh, and then keeping the rings on his, <laughs> on his belt. Oh, my goodness. I thought there was so much of the intro of the White Cloaks 
that just felt fantastic to me. And I thought that that was a very well way, very good way of introducing what some people are going to view as another set of bad guys. But they're a very different faction to the good guys that we're seeing. So I thought that was beautifully done. I thought that was interesting. Now, when we switched and we go back to the group and we get them at the river crossing, letting the guy die, well, we saw that coming. It's going to happen. She's a nice guy. She's more in the mode to protect the world than to protect one person. So if some people have to die, you know, it is what it is. You know, and then the group questioning her, Aguin, Perrin, Matt, and Rand questioning her was interesting. Just to go back for a second, Troll is being afraid of water, deep water. It's kind of crazy to me, but we'll go on. And also the intro, the fade. Oh, I loved it. He looks sick. He's crazy. That's one disturbing character. In this second episode, we also got the intro of the... The three oaths that the Aes I have to, you know, take before they become, that gets infused into them, that they can't break, they can't go against, none of that. That's very, very compelling stuff, simply because you, as you hear Moraine, she's never lying, but she's never completely telling the truth. So it's a very unique way of interpreting what you're forced to do. So <laughs> I always thought that was cool. Um, you know, we get a lot of, the second episode, there's a, a lot of little progressions. The White Cloak meeting the group as they're going forward. The Questioner being very handsy and a bit of a prick, which I didn't mind. I thought that was a good development for how much we're going to hate him. You know, the Captain of the White Cloaks not being, you know, that much of a bastard. But, you know, you, you, you get that. I thought then the dream sequence of we get to see Rand's dream and in seeing that we get our first view of the Dark One or what we can interpret right now as being the Dark One, which is also interesting with the red eyes and the red mouth. Like, okay, all right, this is our interpretation. He looks kind of like an assassin from the Dark, but oh, all right, you know, I, I thought it'd be a little bit more gruesome. So that's why I'm wondering if it's actually the Dark One or if it's something else. Um, we got, we just got, you know, Aguin's introduction to the One Power. Um, and then we got an introduction to how the wolves that we've been hearing throughout the whole first two episodes. And who, how they interact with some characters and it being Perrin. That was also, seems to be foreshadowing for what's coming. Uh, we'll have the other podcast to talk deeper into what's coming. <laughs> uh, then we got two things that happened that I thought was cool. The Song of Manathurn, which is the home of where the two rivers is located. We learned that Rand, or the actor that plays Rand, has no rhythm whatsoever. If you saw his hand... None. No rhythm. It was worse than me and I barely have any rhythm. My goodness was that awful. That was just bad. So bad. 
so so bad. The song was interesting. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I listened to it at least two or three times. I thought that was cool. And then we went to Shadar Lagoth. Yes. Finally, we go to somewhere where I've been waiting. It was very short. I was hoping we would be there for a little bit longer. I understand that in the book it's not that long either, so that's fine. But uh, I wanted to get a little bit more to it. I wanted it to be a little deeper. Uh, Matt found a dagger, which was, you know, it's it's going to lead to something eventually, I imagine. Because I don't think it's a good idea to take anything from a place that has a shadow that comes after you, Matt. I, I don't think that's smart, my friend. I don't think so at all. So that's going to be cool. And then we get the separation. Moraine, Lan, together. Rand and Matt together. Perrin and Aguin together. Alright? That's cool. That's how everybody gets separated. That's how we go our separate ways. Eventually, everybody's going to have to come back together. But this is developing characters by themselves in their own situations. So, cool. I like it. But then we have a conclusion to an episode that leads to an intro to an episode that was fantastic. Phenomenal. The conclusion is Nynaeve... <laughs> just popping up on land and land just being surprised as fudge. And then the beginning of episode three. The beginning of episode three is compelling to me simply because Nynaeve is a badass. Badass. She's getting dragged. She has to run. She ends up in the water. She kills the trollic by herself and then comes out of the water does the superhero pose and flips the break. I beautifully shot, beautiful character development, beautifully done by the actress. I thought all of that made her badass. Almost as badass. Like her moment there was just as cool as Moraine's intro moment where she's putting on all her outfits. I or she's putting on her outfit. I thought that was awesome too. I hate the fact that I didn't mention it when I was reviewing the first episode. But I thought that Nynaeve's moment was a moment. She was a badass. Lan being surprised by somebody tracking him down is also very cool. He's in utter shock that that happened to him. <laughs> and a warder doesn't give away much, so shock is just very different for him. Then... Her healing Moraine, the whole episode of it leading up to her healing Moraine was cool and it was good. It, it also gives us a different side of Lan and her. And then eventually Lan has to find the sisters and that's where we get the full introduction to Logan and him being held. There's two sisters behind him. There's the Red Aes Sedai in front of him. We just get that and Moraine finally coming out of her stupor. You know... All of that was good, and it brings these characters together. It also introduces us to the fake Dragon Reborn. It also gives us an interaction between different Aes Sedai. So we get to see how that is, and that was very cool. But then, you know, that's going to be in the next episode. I think that that's going to be a very interesting part of the next episode, because Moraine has to get healed. And then she has to go after the boys and the girl. And that's going to be 
I want I want to see how that plays off and if anybody else tries to go with her. I imagine not. Now, we switch gears. In episode three, we get back to Perrin and Aguin. You know, Aguin uses the one power to light, to give them fire, which was good. And then Perrin falls asleep and we get the dream sequence. I thought this dream sequence was better than Rand's simply because of everything that it had in it for the character and for what the character is currently going through mentally also for the full introduction to the dark one i thought that was awesome there's one part of his walk from the bedroom to the forge where there's this one second switch between parent and the dark one which is very ominous to say the least because you're switching these two characters just to make a point but at the same time if you notice the placement Perrin is ahead of that light while the dark one is on the other side of the door so that means this whole time we're not getting a switch of those characters of where they are what we're getting is a zoom in of where the dark one is coming from because it makes sense to the end of the dream when he's on top of Perrin and he scares the living Jesus out of him after Perrin has interact with the wolves eating his dead wife's guts and her giving Perrin this look like this is your fault. Technically, it is. And he's going to gut wrench himself over that. And then we get back. He's awake again. And Perrin and Gwen get pushed in a direction. By being pushed in that direction by the wolves, they realize at the end... Because they make comments as to, did they do this? Did they lead us to this? And it could be said that they did. And I thought that was a very cool thing. It also makes the wolves not be as much of a bad presence as they were introduced in the first episode and a half or so. So that was cool. And then we meet the Tinkers. We meet the traveling people. This introduction is you know, another very cool section of expansion of this universe that we're now getting into with the Wheel of Time. And it's a very interesting one, given the fact that they asked the question of, do you know the song? And then Aram tells them that you have to say it back what you don't. I thought that all played out very well. And I, I thought the openness of this group of people to bring in whoever's with them just you know to give them a home and you know i thought that was very well done it was a cool introduction to this tribe of traveling people it was a cool way to give our characters our you know our people a safe haven for a little bit you know it was a it was a very calming moment and then when they went to eat, just scarfing down like they were savages. <laughs> I thought all of that was great. I thought that the, the traveling people's characters that we met were great. I thought everything that was done there was just so well done. And it stuck so well with everything I was expecting. It was just, it was very cool. And it was very poignant. And it was a good moment of relief. And it was very fast. That's one of the things that in these first three episodes that I've noticed, 
getting to these points has been a lot faster than I thought there would be. <laughs> a lot. But it's been it's been good fast, so it makes it all worth it. And then we get what I started this whole podcast with. Now we switch. We've gone through Perrin and Aguin. We've seen Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve. And now we get to what I thought was some of the most interesting work done in the whole episode, which was Matt and Rand, and the introduction of none other than Tom Merlin, the glee man with the patches on the inside. I thought, like I said in the beginning, his intro, his character moment was the best one so far. I can't wait to see what happens in episode four, but I thought his overall intro to the guys, to the boys, was just so well done. Him stealing the wallet from Matt, the song that he sang, the fact that everybody in there loved and respected him and were ready to kick Matt's ass for what he was trying to say, I'm not going to, you know, offer any. No, 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 no. And then the whole dynamic of what we get with the bar owner and what we get with Matt and Rand. First of all, there's three different points of dynamic. There's her interaction with Matt, knowing that Matt is flirting with her and trying to get in her pants, and no lack of a better way of saying it. And then there's her interaction with Rand and, you know, being given the place where they're going to go. Then there's Matt's um, interaction with Tom, which honestly felt very good i was very happy with that because we we got to hold that to somewhere else uh and then rand's rand hasn't had an interaction with tom and will have one as we go forward but because especially the way this you know episode ended with them so matt and tom's interaction overall and tom understanding matt's point and where Matt is coming from and understanding why he has to do what he has to do. And the fact that he gives him the grace to turn around and allow him to steal from the ailment is like, I went like, okay, cool. I get it. And it was good. And it also gives us respect level between the two of them that they didn't have at the beginning of the episode. So all of that was very well done. But I think the things that make it even better were... The little notes to the book, and I in the in the 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 next um in the next podcast I will go probably a little deeper into that and how things link up with the books and how they don't. But the little things with you know the knives that he has that they just appear and then disappear, that was so cool and well done. When he throws the knife and kills the dark friend, kills the bar owner. That was so well done. And then he goes and gets his knife back. It's like all of these little things just felt so Tom. Like it felt that this was the character we've been waiting for. At least for me. One of the best characters. And hopefully will be treated in the right way as you go forward. But I thought that was so good. Matt finally felt a little bit more included. I didn't, I don't know, the first two episodes, while we get his side of the story with learning his his parents are shitheads and him taking care of his sisters and all of that, yes, we get that, but we didn't, he didn't feel part of the group completely, never really did. I felt on this one, he was part of the group and it was very well done. 
And then you have Rand's interaction with the Dark Friend, who he doesn't realize is Dark Friend. Well, nobody does, because honestly, that kind of shocked me a bit. I thought that was very slowly progressed in the right way. And I thought Rand's innocence in that was done correctly as well. I just thought the whole visual from their perspective, those parts of episode 3 were very, very good. And I thought that it was just very well developed from beginning to end. And when everything turned on his head and Rand is running for his life and you have the Barono chasing after Rand with his own sword, that was great. And the fact that she wanted to do this to be the one to bring to bring them, Matt and Rand, to the Dark One so she could get recognized, plays so well into who the Dark Friends are and how they will be, you know, further used along the way. Because there's more. That's the thing that people don't realize. There's so many more. <laughs> and this was an introduction to the fact that you don't know who is and who isn't. You don't know who's good and you don't know who's bad in this. But you're going to learn. Also, if you were paying attention, truly paying attention, we have been at this from the beginning of episode one. One of these four is the one. One of these four is who you should be looking for. So far, it feels like they're trying to push that a queen could be, or Perrin could be, or Rand could be, because of the dreams. Matt hasn't been given a could be. So I don't imagine that you're going to wait too long into ep- into the episodes, into the season, to try to introduce that he's the one. No, let's let's go away from that. So I don't think it could be a queen. I think that was just done there so she could be drawn along in the story and we can get to her next part. Nynaeve has been proven she can't be because she's too old. So it's down to Perrin and Rand. And I think there's some indicators on why it could be one over the other. And the biggest one came out in this episode. When Rand is trapped and she keeps telling him you cannot break down that door. That door couldn't be broken down even if a Trolloc tried. And she basically indicating that there's almost no way. And he puts his shoulder into it and completely takes it off its hinges. Come on. Come on. I don't have to tell you what the book knows of who's who, but yeah, come on. That's your biggest indicator. That's your moment of truth. That's what everybody should have been waiting for. And it was very well done. And I thought, okay, cool. We're going to stop playing with the subtle tactics finally. We're going to just give you who it is. Because none of the other ones have done anything like that that would make you think that they are what you are looking for them to be. Or what you're hoping that one of them is. But that right there, that moment, for me, put it over the top. He is the Dragon Reborn. He is who we're going to be following for a long time. It is Rand. Be ready, because Rand is the man. Not a very, he's, right now, he's a little naive. But it should get more interesting as we go along. Honestly... After watching three episodes, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm so happy that they are, are 
renewed for a second season. I cannot wait for how this progresses. There are so many interesting things that could be introduced. I want to know what they do with introducing some characters over others. I can't wait to find out how that progress, how that actually gets infused into the series. I also want to know what they don't use. That's why I want to do a second episode, a second podcast every week, because I want to know what they didn't do, and I want to be able to talk about what they did and didn't do. So this this is fun, man. This this is what we've been waiting for if you're part of the community, and this is what we've been hoping for. This is it. Welcome to the Wheel of Time series. Anybody who hasn't read the book, anybody who has, holy shit, I hope you're enjoying it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I will see you all in the next one. Should be here in a couple days. Peace.